With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 30 where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. Welcome back to the Thrill Take presented by Big League Chew. This is episode 286. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. And Nate. Hey, 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 hey. Fresh what up, off. Chasers. What up, dog? Um, I need to formally and publicly congratulate you on your victory this week. In I was going to say, uh, you beat me to it. I was going to say fresh off a, just a... A huge fantasy win. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't feel like I can really um, rub it in as much because you're just over here being all polite with it and everything. Yeah, that's the goal. Um well, I mean the truth is you I mean you you've traded for a, an an all star team. And I have as well, but it doesn't look great when half the people I traded for are, are injured. So Yeah, it doesn't work, look. man. Doesn't I think work. on paper you may have the better team. I'm not sure, but I like have the said, slight edge just, in pitching. But you're that's stacked in uh, injuries right now. Yeah, yeah, it's hurting. It's hurting your boy a little bit, but it's all good. Hey, look, when I lose, and then I look at the rest of the league, and I'm like, well, I would have beaten everybody except you and one other guy. I'll take that. Like, hey, like I did. I did what I'm supposed to do. Put up points. It happens. It happens. It's a long I d- season. I don't know if you've ever beaten me in fantasy, though. Maybe maybe once. Oh, I've definitely beaten you in fantasy. For uh, sure. I don't know about that. I think uh, I beat you the first year in the playoffs. Yeah, and I remember. Because I made it to you made the it. championship. I've only been in the championship for our, for our fantasy stuff, so just saying. That's not the case. Last year, I was up against James in the championship. Oh, last year I was third. That's right. That's right. It was third last year. It's all good. It happens. I'm not stressing yet. Long season. And eventually these these trade offers that I'm throwing out to people, you know who you are. Um, okay. you'll, start to understand, you'll start to understand that your season is lost. For those people listening, start, uh, Nate, Nate. Nate puts on a front. He he seems like a nice guy, but he does some <laughs> gre- he does some greasy stuff hey, behind the scenes. All I'm saying is, uh, eventually, you guys are going to see that your season is lost, and and uh, at, at a certain point, you just got to shake things up. Shake oh yeah, things up just and- to give give Nate the boost he's looking for. 
Hey, uh, speaking of getting a boost, um, how are you feeling? Have you recovered from yesterday's early AM game? Wasn't that it was Yankees yesterday, wasn't it? On the peacock, uh, it was, but I was golfing, so I was up even earlier. Ooh, uh, okay. I woke up at five to golf yesterday. That's so rough. Early enough to where I finished my round and still made it back home to catch the end of the Yankees game. But yeah, what is going on? Eight thirty. My time. It's an eleven thirty Eastern start on Peacock. What is I love that about? it. To be honest with you, this Sunday because I think the Red Sox had one. Eleven thirty is good. That's what I'm saying. But 11... my side, eight thirty is absurdly early. I was thinking about yesterday because I I even tuned in after we got back from church. I was like, ah, oh, let's let's tune in see how the yeah. old the old Bronx Bombers are doing because it's just a great like it's a perfect time, especially if it's your team because it's like okay, if there's anything yeah. I want to do today. I can at least yeah. watch the game, and then I've got the rest of the day to do whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I think the I think the Sox had one. I want to say that was against the White Sox, possibly. Um, but uh, yeah, I On love Peacock? it. Peacock. Yeah. That is that, that just what Peacock is doing? Is the Sunday morning game? Yeah, the Sunday morning game. Uh, which, like I said, I'm a fan of. I'm also a fan. I. I don't. I don't think we've actually gotten a chance to talk about this yet. But the Apple TV broadcast, uh, I did just use it for the first time on Friday. Big fan of that as well. You know, I wasn't. I was. I was yeah. kind of on the fence about it because I hadn't got to experience it yet. And I think, um, again, going back to the Red Sox, I think they actually had the first Apple TV broadcast of the year, if I, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. But uh, big fan of the the interface. Just the the graphics they use and all that the yeah which I, I I've seen other people talk about this before the picture quality is incredible picture quality is crazy I don't understand it like it crazy not even just good. like like you know how they do for the NFL where they have like the side shots where it's they're yeah. using that like 4K stuff yeah and like the depth of focus depth the field of depth or whatever yeah the not not only do they do those kinds of things they the the broadcast quality of just what you're saying the, right. the view from behind the pitcher every pitch right. that's incredible yeah i don't know what they're doing they're doing something different with their cameras like i noticed even after a home run like you know how you get like the like a cameraman will follow if you've been at a game you've seen a cameraman come out and he'll follow the the runner coming down like rounding third coming home right he'll go real low and watch them run and touch home plate right for apple tv it's it's like they did that and then they followed I don't remember who hit the home run. They followed him all the way into the dugout. And it's like looking over the railing of the dugout. And you can just see all the high fives and stuff. And I was like, we don't really get that camera view very often. Sometimes we'll get like the end of the dugout. And you see the guy just walking down. And you see him giving high fives, walking closer to the camera. But this one was like over the railing, just like looking over top. It was cool. They they did a good job. They get up in there. Yeah. uh, Although it's the one- it was a it was a tough transition to like be okay with other streaming sites yeah. providing games, but I think that's just the way it's going to be. And like, I don't hate it. It's not that bad. I mean the one the one downside to those national type broadcasts is you're always just going to have people that aren't as much in the loop as your mm-hmm. yeah your familiar broadcasting team. Yeah. Um, because they kept calling that I was the for the Sox game, they kept calling somebody by a nickname that just 
was never mm-hmm. a thing. And I don't yeah. even remember, I don't even remember who it was or who they were referring to. I thought it was something with Xander. Mm. Um but it's just like you're making up nicknames that yeah that don't exist. But yeah, and and that's the other thing that I think that's why national broadcasts have gone downhill in general. Like that's why we hate ESPN Sunday night baseball. It's because for the most part, it's people that aren't clued in. And if it's your team and you spend the entire week listening to your team's broadcast, getting that in-depth, knowledgeable, up-to-date broadcasting style, comments and everything, and then you go to national TV and you're like, uh, that's actually not true. You're, whatever you just noted happened two weeks ago and it's not even a thing anymore for our team. Or, you know, like you said, like a random nickname you've never heard. So I think it's, I'm okay with that style. Um, but I think it's just like, you have to take national broadcast with a grain of salt a little bit. Did you see the, uh, the, the CC post game interview on Peacock after? Where he was down on the, so he was like down on the field with, I'm assuming like another broadcaster. It was on mute for me, to be honest with you. I'll just totally honest. I, I throw the game on in the living room. That's kind of like the compromise with the girl, you know, like, she's like, yeah, but I'm cleaning. Do you mind like putting on some music? I don't want to listen to the Yankees game. So I was like, all right, that's cool. That's fair. So throw it on mute. Um, but he was like down on the field and I don't know if that's like something Peacock does where they're grabbing like one former player or one analyst or something. And they're having that at each game as they travel. Or again, this is my first time seeing it. I don't know if CC's just got to deal with Peacock and he's traveling. I don't know. I think it is. I can't, I can't remember if it's Peacock or Apple TV. I want to say it's Peacock, but um, they have, and again, I can't remember if it's one or the other, if they both do this, but they take a from at least from what I've seen thus far throughout the season, they take a personality from that team and incorporate them into the broadcast to give them like during a the broadcast, of, yeah, like to give them a little bit of so inside what was the flavor, team, if you will. What was the broadcast team when you watched for the Sox game? I believe they had that like pink haired chick is like the main one, right? She's got like short pink hair for the Red Sox. No, no, no. I'm saying for Apple TV. Oh, I honestly I don't even remember. I when I had that game on it was on mute, but I was I was on and off. But the one yeah. uh the one personality that I recall them having, I believe again for Peacock was Euclid. Uh, because uh, he's doing some work for Nesson right now. So I think they grabbed yeah. him yeah. um and incorporated him in there a little bit. Uh, so that's but, smart. Like Peacock is just like borrowing Yeah, yeah, which I mean is is day. a step that's in the cool. right direction for these yeah. national broadcasts, but See, Apple TV, I don't know if Chris Young was in there. Um, I don't know if Chris Young is just a part of the Apple TV team or. I, th- or I think he is. He was yeah, yeah, Yankee. yeah, it was because he was, if I recall, you said that was for Apple. That was for Apple TV, yeah. Yeah, he was the one that was coming up with these nicknames. And I I do remember uh, that watching okay. that Friday night game. Okay, I was like, so he's just a part like, of that Chris, team. Come on, guy. Like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah he's, I, he's part of the the band it was just a weird weekend for me just because like friday was apple tv sunday was peacock and i'm like i'm not used to this but it was kind of cool because uh 
okay i i get it like it's a love hate thing for a lot of people but like michael uh michael k um he said he was go since he wasn't covering the game sunday he was like i'm just gonna take my son and just go sit in the legends seats and so you could see him like right behind the away dugout just sitting like three rows up he's got like a polo on sunglasses his son sitting next to him with a judge jersey so it's like that's kind of cool like seeing you know, like your broadcaster take a day off and still go to the stadium. So I was going to say, I don't know if, yeah. if I had to be there for however many games. I don't know if I know if my day I don't off. Know if I could take gonna, my day off. Yeah. Like we all know Nate's going golfing. I don't know what I'd be doing, yeah. but I don't know if I'd be going to the, oh, the park. Man. Um, Nate, we are a third of the way through the season, which in case you didn't know, for those keeping, or rather for those doing the math at home, 164 game, 162 games rather, divided by three is 54, and we have played 54 games. So we are a third of the way through the major league season of 2022. So as we like to do here at the 3 Take, let's uh, let's look, see where we're at with the standings. Uh, there's been a little bit of a shakeup since the last time we checked in. Uh, let's just see if anything jumps out at us. We'll get into the Angels uh, and their 11-game skid. Uh, we'll get into the Phillies a little bit more later when we talk about Joe Girardi being fired on Friday, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there anything else that jumps out at you? Jumps out at you? Um. Actually. Before you get to that, let me just say something. And I'm not trying to sound like a homer here. I'm just referring back to my my point about the law of averages that I made sure. within a yeah. uh, in a recent episode. Everyone was freaking out. Well, depending on what side of the, the aisle you're on. You're either freaking out about the Red Sox or you were just doubling down on your hatred for the Red Sox when they started out whatever they started. I mean, it was like, it felt like 50 games below 500. They hadn't even played 50 games yet. And that it felt like 50 games. The Red Sox are a 500 ball club right now. Okay. And just as a little exercise and, and look, I'm, I'm just going to use Boston as the threshold right now because they're at an even 500. They're 27 and 27. And I just want to look at some of the other clubs around the league that are now below that mark that people were just riding so hard to start the season because of how well they're playing or because of maybe they weren't living up to expectations, this or that. Now that we are a third of the way through the season, I just want to look at some some clubs that aren't at that market. And I'm not saying that this is any any indication of what's going to happen the rest of the season. I'm just saying I want you to to see, as a baseball fan who is listening to this podcast, while there's no reason to freak out when things like this happen because things fall into place over the course of a 162 game season. Okay. Yeah. So as I said, the Red Sox are 27 and 27, a clean 500. All right. Let's hop over to the central. Shall we? Let's look at the Chicago white Sox. Pick to run away with the di- run away with the division. Us included. They're 25 and 27 right now. And they're not even in in second place. They're in third place in the AL Center right now. Okay. 
I mean, the I don't even want to really talk about the Tigers and Royals too much. I, they, I think they've let a lot of people down, including us, because we had much higher hopes for that, especially the Royals. Yeah. yeah. And even the Tigers, too. I can't even remember how I had them finishing in terms of order, but they've just really hit a skid. I feel like uh, you got them third. Yeah, I think that's right. Behind Chicago and Minnesota, I believe. The Angels, who I said we'll get into a little more in depth here in a little bit, they're a game below 500. Everyone, I, I, I remember seeing the graphics. Oh, it, are we looking at an, an all LA World Series potentially? <laughs> they're a game below 500. I'm not, again, not saying it, it can't still happen. I'm just saying where we're at right now, everybody was freaking out. Yeah. They're a game below 500. The Mariners who I think people had, again, including us, had high expectations for it, they're, uh, they're, they're slipping a little bit. They are, yeah. what, six games under five hundred. They are. The Phillies, who, again, we'll get into, they are four games below five hundred. The Pirates, who we all thought were going to run away. No, I'm just kidding. They're, <laughs> they're playing good ball, man. The Pirates are they playing are. good ball. I mean, never in a million years I, I would I have said that uh, at the beginning of the year that I thought you know the Pirates would be in a better position than the Cubs a third of the way through the year, or even the Reds. To be honest with you, like I think we had it's safe to say we had the Reds finishing fourth, right? And the, I mean, we all know what yeah. the Reds have done thus yeah. far. But to be fair, hey, let's give while we're here, let's give the Reds some love that they deserve. They. Did I read They're correctly that better. they have the best the best record in baseball since they started? Uh, what was it, three and twenty six? Is that their, true? What was their start? Yeah, they had. Let's see. Let's let's find it because I I want to make sure. A stat so that of, would put them at fifteen and what nine since that. Uh, let's see here. They're 18 and 35. I guess we can give them a little love. Um, okay. So maybe it wasn't in baseball, but it was in the division and possibly the national league. They started three and 22. They went 11 and eight over their, this was May 26th, so I think it's actually improved since then. Um, I can't find the stat, but all that to say, playing much better much better baseball out there in Cincinnati. Yeah. Although they took the L on a rather embarrassing loss to the Nationals, getting backpicked to end the yeah. game at first yesterday. Um, who else? I mean, I think uh, as far as surprises on the on the positive side of things, um, I mean, the, the Twins are playing better baseball than I would have expected. Um, I still don't see them winning that division. I do think even at five games back of as of you know June sixth for the White Sox, I do think they'll eventually get over that hump, but. 
uh, I mean, obviously, we know that the Mets just look, they look different. I say it again. I'll say it over and over again. They just, they look different. And I understand your argument of the the law of averages and, and eventually kind of evening things out. Look, the Yankees aren't going to stay at a 722 win percentage. That's not, that's not feasible. It's not going to happen, right? Um, I see that grin on your face. You want it to happen. I'd love to, but it's not going to. They're not going to win 140 games this year. It's just not going to happen. But, um, you know, I'm delightfully surprised by, honestly, the Padres. Um, without Tatis. And I think I think we were all just kind of, Eh, about about certain GM decisions and and bringing certain guys on board and and you know what they were trying to do identity wise, um, but I said it before and and I haven't thought about it again until now. But Bob Melvin makes a difference, man. Like like that was a swoop. That was a very underrated swoop, and I and I said it when it happened in the offseason. I said that was going to be one of the best transactions any team has made, player or manager change. Um look, they're two games back from the Dodgers. They're they're 33 and 21 as of today. Uh <laughs> that's pretty good, dude. I mean honestly they're holding their own. They are they holding are. their own. And you know the Giants are are playing I think they've come back down to earth a little bit. I don't think the Giants are the same as what they were last year. Um, you know, they're five and a half back. So I just, I'm a little surprised with, with the, with the Padres. I I got to give them some credit. And I think if, if they can continue to do this and stay within that five or so games back in the division, and then they get Tatis back and you're watching this, this lightning rod of energy re-enter your clubhouse. Who knows, dude? Who knows? I think one of the more impressive marks for the Padres right now is how they're playing away from Petco. They are 20 and 11 on yeah. the road. That's excellent. And looking across, look, looking around the league, their record against teams 500 or better, they're playing 500 ball. And if you look around yeah. the league, there are not many teams that are much better. Right. Or really even close. Yeah. Well, that and that pitching staff is 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 for the most part healthy, you know, and getting getting Clevenger back and and Darvish is still doing his thing. Um, you know, I I think what people forget about certain names when they're hot on the market for trades, specifically referring to Manaya right now. I I think that they they the average fan will glorify what that that pitcher is capable of. Um, you know, Manaya is a very solid young talent, but by no means did the Padres expect that they were getting a, a Justin Verlander out of that transaction. You know what I mean? This is a solid three or four guy in the rotation, um, and he's and he's pitching like it. Then you don't need to you don't need him to be anything else. And this is what it can do when you have that healthy rotation. Of of when you got your horse, and then you got a solid two, and then the rest of the guys just kind of fall in line and do what they're supposed to be doing. 
Um, that's what happens when they're healthy and, and they're playing good ball. I'd be, I'd be thrilled right now. If I was a Padres fan, I really would I just, agree. just hang around, just hang around and stay in that conversation. And then when mid August, if you're within five games, that's the, that's best case scenario. I think, especially with what the Dodgers are capable of and, and what they've done to continue to build on their roster each year. So I'd be thrilled for sure. And that same line of thinking could be applied to the American league East. If you're the blue Jays, um, I think a lot of people, uh, including us had the blue Jays. Well, me, I don't, I can't remember where you had the, but did you have the blue Jays winning the division this year? I did. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, popular opinion, I think had, uh, had the blue Jays winning the division, but I think it's safe to say at this point, the Yankees are the force to be reckoned with in this division. So again, that line of thinking of being thrilled with where you're at could be applied to the blue Jays, especially as of late. I mean, you're eight and two in your last 10. Um, I mean, you're coming off a loss, uh, on Sunday, but still playing much better ball than you had been because you, if you're the blue Jays, you'd hit a little bit of a skid and you had people wondering if maybe this was, uh, uh, maybe if the outlook more so was a little bit incorrect. Uh, but I think you're, you're reasserting yourself as the team that many people thought you, you were heading into this season. So. Uh, I mean, if you're the Blue Jays, you are seven and a half games back of the Yankees right now, entering um, Monday. But we've seen we've seen gaps close like that before. Yeah, not to sure. say that that's going to happen here, but you if if you're the Blue Jays, I, I really I, I really like where where you're at at this point. Yeah. Um, and I, I think what they're, what they're starting to realize and, and be okay with. And, and, um, again, I, the average fan, I think at times can lose sight of this. Um, you're not going to have that entire lineup hot, um, the whole year. It's just, it doesn't work that way. Um, and you got to rotate through patches of guys where you got two or three that are hot and then they'll rotate through and they'll cool down and the other guys will get going. So we're seeing this this little bit of a you know valley for for Vladdy and um, I looked at his numbers and I'm like you're still like there there's a lot of guys that would happily take the year he's having um, and this is down for him he's not doing what he typically does and if you recall when I believe it was before the season even started when we were making our our MVP picks I said Vladdy is either gonna go off. And and perform at an even higher level than he did last year, or he's gonna be a little shell shocked after the way yeah. last year ended, where it's like I did what I did, yeah, and still missed out on the MVP. So right, I was, and, and if you recall, I was curious about how that was gonna play out because I'm like, I just is still a relatively young kid. I don't know how he would respond to something like that to mm-hmm. to feel like you did everything you could. Yeah, and, and not to, not enough. that he's taken anything away from himself or what he accomplished last year, but I was just curious to see how he would bounce back. I say bounce back; he doesn't have to bounce back from anything, but not yeah. not getting that same recognition uh, yeah. that he otherwise would have gotten had Shohei not been in the league last year. Yeah. Um. So hoping hoping that he can he he can heat up and perform at that level that he was last year. 
Yeah, uh, and I, I do think that's the, I think the Blue Jays are just going to let this kind of run out a little bit. Let this lineup do what it does. Um, and then I, it's it's clear that they're not scared to make a move. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a move before the deadline to bolster things up and, and kind of reassess what's going on. Um, but I, I talked about it before. They have that, that young catching prospect and I feel like that's probably their only hole that they really have and uh, maybe a little bullpen help and they're right back on track I don't know this is it. they've I been think getting some pop team. they've at least been getting some pop from the position I mean in terms of consistency I know Kirk, like Kirk and, and Danny Jensen that's what I'm saying is like those two guys um solid but they're going to have to eventually decide because I, I think this this younger kid that is is spacing on his name again, but um, he's one of the top prospects in baseball. He's their number one prospect. Um, he's going to have to come up eventually. And so that's what I'm saying is that when they do make that move, expect one of those catchers, maybe even this prospect, I don't know, um, attached with you know a Cavan Biggio and... You're gonna get something solid back. They're gonna go. They're gonna go buy something to fill a, a hole that they have. Um, but I again, I'm. Don't wake a sleeping giant. That's how I feel about the Blue Jays. You know what I mean? Um, and I think for them, as as I feel like, if they can stay in that conversation, just get me into the postseason and watch what they do. And that could be something to where if if Vladdy just has an average or below average season on his standards, I think he's that kind of guy that can just happily hit the reset button the second September hits and October baseball started. And you know what I mean? Like you've you've seen certain guys do that. Um flip the switch. I.e. like a a Kike Hernandez last year, right? Like yeah. kind of eh average throughout the year. I think you can speak better than most like yeah. he wasn't anything special and then postseason turned on and it was like whoa jock Andrews peterson does that God mode yeah i think there's certain guys that just kind of flip that switch that when postseason hits it's like another gear i could see vladdy being one of those guys so again just don't wake a sleeping giant the blue jays are going to be just fine and they're going to make moves to fill holes and all they got to do is just stay in the conversation for now and stay above the race Speaking of flipping the switch come postseason, I think a team that's familiar with that is the Atlanta Braves. And I had a note here as we're uh, wrapping up this this bit on the where the standings are at right now. Uh, Danny Vietti, um, I've referenced some of his tweets. He's got some good stuff out there, and I every now and yeah. then I'll, I'll pull a I'll pull a tweet or two from him. He put out a tweet uh, yesterday. It said the Atlanta Braves record this time last year was 27 and 29 mm-hmm. and their record this year is 28 and 27 mm-hmm. so again yeah. my entire my entire point with this and people are probably sick of me saying it by this point but the whole law of averages thing like just let the season play out if your team's yeah. playing really well right now enjoy it but recognize it that they're going to come they're going to come down to earth <laughs> yeah. at least a little bit Yep. They may not be flying, but they, they they'll come down and they'll be hovering. They yeah. won't be won't be free falling, but they'll 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 right. come down a little bit. If your team's playing terribly right now, just 
wait it out. I mean, sure, you've got some exceptions of teams that are just flat out bad. Yeah, but like if, for sure. if, yeah. if you're a team such like the White Sox, like yeah. just wait it out. You'll be fine. Just You'll relax. Okay. Take a You'll deep breath. Okay. I know it's so it's so tough to fight the urge to want to just fall into a pit of self despair because believe me, like I saw a me speaking of this, I saw a meme yesterday where it was like it was it was this this outline of a of a head and inside the brain it said team loses like a a sporting like a, a game. It was basically for like sports fans. It's like yeah. Favorite team loses a game, and then the words he was saying was "life is meaningless." It's like I get that <laughs> yeah. on a random, random yeah. Tuesday in June. If my yep. team loses, it's like I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to yep. go out. I, 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 I bring yep. me some food and just let me let me wallow. I get it. But if your team is playing terribly right now, and and you think that they should be playing better, just trust that you will. Yep more likely than not see a little bit of improvement again if your team is capable of doing such a thing yeah well i mean if you are a sports fan and you're you're a fan of multiple sports uh and you're obviously a baseball fan because you're listening to us uh look we're one of the last few sports that has incentivized the regular season this is something to where these guys are still going to continue to play they're still going to continue to ball out and I think this goes back to our argument as to why we don't want to expand these playoffs too much. We don't want to let too many teams in. Um, but allowing your team to understand that this is a this is a marathon, the regular season still matters. It's they're not throwing in the towel. And teams like the Braves, again, another GM that's not afraid to make moves and shake things up and bring guys in. And I feel like it it could be heading in that direction where they're going to go find those underrated guys to fill in gaps. And you're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. And in the conversation of the Freddie Freeman stuff, the only thing I can say is it's maybe a different clubhouse culture. Um, On-field production, I think you guys are, you're still going to be able to fill that, that, those shoes. Um, but it's it's the the clubhouse culture mentality. That's the one thing I'd be curious to see what changes here. Um, and I think that's that mentally strong moment of you know getting into the season and saying, "Hey, we're only a game above five hundred. Let's get it going." And trust that it will get going. Don't press. Just trust that it'll get going. Because it got I going last that, year. Yeah, that's that veteran presence that mentions that. And that's... I'm curious if there is a name in that clubhouse that is going to step up and, and, and say that. And it's not always the superstar. I think that's the one thing that we never really talked about with Freddie Freeman is that he was both. Freddie Freeman is a superstar, but he's also that clubhouse leader. There's only a select few of those in the league in general, right? You look at Mike Trout. We'll get into this in a minute, but you look at Mike Trout. That's more of a you know play-by-example, follow-my-lead type guy. I doubt he's going to sit there in the clubhouse and be that vocal, let's-get-fired-up leader. Mike right? Trout's not flipping tables by any stretch. Not at all. 
Not at all. So I, I think that's the one thing I'm curious to see if the Braves are missing because I think Acuna is a, a superstar, obviously. I don't know if he has that same type of veteran hammer dropping in the clubhouse. Um, you look at other guys, Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, they're still on the younger side, right? So like, I'm curious to see whoever they bring in, if it is a big time veteran presence. And I, I'm, I don't know if I can really think of a name right now that could fill that gap. So I think that's the difference between turning that switch on and, and staying 500 or eventually just, you know, hitting a hot streak and going well above it. So just, I'm just curious. I think there's going to be a name that they add from somewhere that could help with that. My, my big takeaway here for those listening, the team that won the world series last year started 27 and 29. They are 28 and 27 to start this season. As we have said time and time again, right. And what happened in 19 with the nationals? This is how it Don't goes. even get me started on the Nationals. Anything can happen in baseball. I'm just tired. Even in June, I'm tired yeah. of hearing about the overreactions. Like, yeah. we still have time. Like, sure, the window, the 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 list of teams where you can hold you out and hope to, for is getting yeah. smaller so that teams right. are starting to get weeded out a little bit. But right. there's still time. It's still right. early enough, I, sh- I, I should say. Another team that Maybe hasn't been weeded out just yet. Getting getting a little hot, at least in my opinion. The Philadelphia Phillies. I'm I'm starting to get the warm and fuzzies a little bit. After that game yesterday, can we just talk about that for a second? The Angels Solid we'll, game. We'll get into. Well, I had my Sunday my Sunday league doubleheader yesterday, so I was like watching it while I was in the dugout. Yeah. The Angels go into the eighth. 5-1, right? Um, Was it 5-1? They were down four with two outs in the eighth. Or, no, I'm sorry. They were up, they were up four with yeah, two outs in the eighth. That's 5-1 Bryce Harper Grand Slam, yeah? To tie it? I thought it was, was it, I think it was 6-2. 6-2? Okay. I think it was 6-2. Okay. Um... Yeah, because then Bryson's home run, three-run homer made, made it, it nine, six, or nine, nine six. six, I think, or yeah. one of those. Anyway, okay, they were up four in the eighth with two outs. Bases loaded, full count, two outs. They lose the game by what, three runs? The Angels? Yeah, nine, seven, two runs. I don't care who they were playing. I I don't care that they were playing the Angels who are just on an, uh, a terrible skid right now. That's a big win for the Phillies. Yeah, that's got to feel good. Especially with the guys who made it happen. Your MVP yep. and <laughs> a young a young up and comer that you're waiting you're like waiting you're to so get him on the You're so excited about. You're yeah. so excited about. Yeah. And and I and even on the call if you go back and listen to the call, they um I can't remember who their who their guy is, but he when he was calling out the home run, he he said that the Vegas connection tied it up and won the game, and I'm like, you gotta love that the Vegas yeah. connection. That's the kind of game, especially which we'll get into now. 
after firing your manager, that's a game that can really spark things, really that can really turn things around. Yeah. And they they've now won four straight after a a three-game sweep of the Angels and I think they they finished their series with the Giants with a win. So that gives them a four-game winning streak entering Monday. They're four and a half games back of a wild card spot, and they no longer have Joe Girardi at the helm. How do we feel about that move? I get it. I understand um, somebody's got to be to blame. I understand that this little hot streak that they went on after makes people forget about and almost celebrate that decision. Uh, there's only so much Joe Girardi can do with, with that roster configuration. There's only so much you can do. And when, you, when you're so bad defensively and you're so rough in bullpen selections... What do you want Joe Girardi to do? You're limited defensively with flexibility. Like- uh, especially now that, that Harper, I mean, I, Bryce may just finish out the season on as a full-time DH. Who knows? So now you're talking about Castellanos and right and Schwarber and left on a regular basis. The bullpen was definitely an issue. All this stuff is an issue coming in. The front office has to look at themselves and say, this is a little bit on us. And obviously the GM isn't going to fire himself. Dombrowski isn't going to get rid of himself. So it's Joe Girardi's become a little bit of the scapegoat. And then my other thought process is if, if Joe Girardi's, if the knock on Joe Girardi is like this older, tougher, stricter manager, Right, and you wanted that like a new energy and a new face. Is Rob Thompson it? Is is the guy that's been coaching under Joe Girardi for years it? Is that really the biggest change that you're looking for? You know what I mean. So those are a couple things that just it, it bugs me a little bit. This is on the Phillies. Their configuration of this roster is a nightmare, especially when you're talking about the third highest payroll in baseball. You would think that that is going to be a little different, right? I just, uh, I, I think it's on the front office, and and I think that's what bugs me about this. Um, and what I would say is if I'm Bryce Harper and I'm controlling this clubhouse, and I'm having this conversation with the rest of my teammates, I'm going to say, look, Girardi's gone, which means all of us are replaceable. That's that conversation I have to have. So let's play like we are replaceable. Let's play like it is some big changes will happen if we don't start playing well. Let's play that way. Not the conversation of, Let's really turn it on a notch for for Rob Thompson. He's clearly, he knows us. He knows exactly what to say. It needs to be, everybody's on the hot seat right now. So let's start playing good ball. Because it's clear this front office will not blame themselves 
they're going to look at us next. Joe Girardi was our last wall of protection. Now they're going to start looking at us. So let's start playing good ball because things are going to change if we don't. And that could switch things around. And I feel like Rob Thompson's probably going to get a lot of credit if the Phillies do end up having a successful season. Maybe he should, maybe he shouldn't. I'm not a huge feel that I, I, I think the manager should be right in the middle. I don't think he gets all the credit and I don't think he ever gets all the blame. He can't. He's got to be right in the middle. Just saying, I think that's the mentality they have to have moving forward. Say we're all replaceable. Let's play like it and prove this front office wrong. Yeah, I watched. I I tuned in for a little bit of that uh, Dombrowski uh, presser on Friday, and I gotta say, didn't didn't give me the greatest confidence in the world. Like if I'm a Phillies fan, I was watching that. I'm like, I I just feel like this might be lacking a little bit of accountability. Yeah. Um, I just feel like and and this was before. Uh, this would have been before the the Angels series, so like they they didn't know that they were gonna end up sweeping the Angels. So yeah. like you're looking around, you're looking around, going, uh, who who are we who are we to blame here? Now that we've got right. Joe, there I don't know. There's just a lot of a lot of eyes scanning the room. There's a lot of finger pointing that that I I could sense, um, and I just, I mean I I, I certainly think this this sweep helped kind of lessen the blow a little bit, but, and yeah. even though, even though I, I'm feeling a little bit better about the Phillies moving forward. And I think that maybe there's some potential to do something there, even with the terrible bullpen. I still think that like you were saying, something needs to be addressed here in terms of, yeah. Uh, uh, mindset moving forward. Exactly. And, and look, I, the, 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 <laughs> The the rumor or or narrative about Joe Girardi not being about his players, I just I look, I, I know I'm a little biased, but like I watched him in New York for a while and I watched this guy cry over the retiring of multiple legends. And I saw that connection. I saw those hugs in the dugout when CC was done, when Mo was done, when Jeter was done, right? When Pettit was done. I watched those connections. I'm telling you, that guy is a good manager. He is. He's just he's he has a bad narrative on on the fact that he's a little bit stricter and and not the players' coach. And I I just I disagree. I strongly disagree. And I think I think this is Dombrowski's fault. And and you know this, you've seen this. Dombrowski will come in and he'll clean house, dude. He will clean your bank account. He will clean your farm system. And he'll go all chips in the middle of the table and hope for the best. And he'll burn bridges on the way out. And that's just what he is. Are we really going to sit here and think that the Phillies are going to be any different? Nobody can hold that weight. Even a Bryce Harper can't carry that load. This is bad roster configuration. And this is a bad team that's been put together. Look, they know how to hit. You got professional hitters in that lineup, no doubt. And they have a decent staff. That's too much to rely on. When you're missing the other two aspects of, of bullpen and defense, I don't I don't see how you are a playoff contending team when you're missing two of the four main components you need. Well said. Uh they made this move 
Taleco Girardi again. Uh, I think it was announced on Friday. At the time, they were twenty-two and twenty-nine. Yeah, because they're because they're now twenty-five, twenty-nine. Yeah. So this was Friday. Twenty. They let them go in there, twenty-two and twenty-nine, having lost seven of their past nine games. And at the time, they were twelve games behind the Mets and five and a half games out of the second uh, wild card spot. At the time, Schwarber, a guy that we just talked about, being able. They, they having professional hitters in that lineup. He was only hitting a, a buck ninety two at the time. Uh, you got Gene Zagura who is out for three months, um, and then like we said, you got the defensive issues. You got Alec Bohm, yeah, Reese Hodgkins, Castianos. Like you said, now that Harper's, I, I, I don't know. I'm not super in depth in terms of what the Phillies are doing on a day to day basis, but. From the outside, I'm thinking, why why would you try to try to push the envelope with putting Harper back out in the outfield? Like, if he's, yeah, why? That's if he's point. if he's doing what he's doing at the plate, right, and he's he's okay with that and he's comfortable it, with that slot, why not? I think if he was an outstanding defender, that'd be a different conversation. If he's only a slight upgrade from Castellanos, and then you have the potential injury getting worse, don't risk it. Leave him at DH. It's the only thing that makes sense at this point. But you argue that they're going to have to bring in some some fourth outfielder, fourth or fifth infielder type situation soon. Like that that's that's something they're going to have to do soon. A guy that can that can play all three outfield positions and can rotate throughout the week and maybe play three or four games in a week. And that's something that that it's going to happen. Um, and maybe like a, a late uh, defensive replacement when you got a lead in the seventh kind of thing. Um, that is, those are the types of pieces they're going to, that's, I mean, obviously they're limited on payroll space. So those are the types of moves you're going to see them make. And it, it could help. It definitely could help. I just don't see if it's going to be enough. I don't think it will be. So they released Girardi. After the past three seasons, finishing with a mark uh, of 132 and 141. So, yeah, not not a great managerial history. No, uh, in terms of recent years for the Phillies, they're now on their fifth manager since uh, Charlie Manuel. So, uh, yeah. Shift the. I know it's easier said than done. Shift the culture a little bit. Yeah. S- supplement the holes that you know that you have. It's no mystery. Yeah. Make some moves and supplement this offense that you have and that yeah. you that you rely on so heavily, and see if you can make a little bit of splash. The, the NL East is the division that I've got my eye on. We uh, we just got done talking about the Braves and where they were last year compared to where they are this year. You've got the Mets doing what they're doing, who, again, I'll go on record as saying, think the Mets are going to met. And then you got the Phillies, who on a little bit of a run here, not to mention the Braves are on a little bit of a run. Five-game winning streak for them. That's probably the division I've got my eye on in terms of that three-team, I don't know if you want to call it a race. That's going to get more snug. I agree. It's going to get more snug. I I think that those gaps are, are going to be closed a little bit. Um a gap that I don't think is going to close anytime soon, Nate, is the uh, gap between the 
Astros and the Angels. Let's uh, let's talk about the Angels, shall we? But before we do that, tell us about our friends over at Big League Chew. BLC, founded by former left-handed pitcher Rob Nelson, Big League Chew started from humble beginnings in the Portland Mavericks bullpen in 1977. For more than 40 years, the iconic pouch is packed with shredded, flavorful bubble gum has become the number one shredded gum of athletes everywhere. Big League Chew has sold more than 900 million pouches and is designated as the Hall of Fame bubble gum. Grab some gum and head to Big League Chew's social media channels, at Big League Chew on Twitter, at Big League Chew Gum on Instagram to show off your Big League Bubbles. You can also find a list of retailers or purchase any of their products directly from their website at BigLeagueChew.com. Big League Chew. So look, Pepperoni Tony is not uh, not all too pleased with the way the... If you don't know is. who Pepperoni Tony is, you need it's time to tap in. Look, it's time I'll be to honest. Tap in. I've had people reach out being like, Yo, like, when is the bit? Like, when is it? When is the bit gonna be over? Like, what's with all the angels hate? It's like I didn't create Pepperoni Tony. Pepperoni <laughs> Tony didn't come into existence strictly to talk solely to talk about the angels. It just happens to be the, that the angels have lost now eleven straight games. Yeah, and people are saying, well, "What's with all the angels hate?" It's not like I just randomly decided to start hating on the Angels. I literally went back just for receipt purposes. I went back and listened to the Hot Takes episode that we released the day before the season started, or like the week before the season started. And I I mentioned in there, I was talking about, and you probably remember this too, I was like, oh yeah, because we were figuring out where we were placing our standing picks. And I said, Oh yeah, by the way, last episode, remember my my reminder went off to not change my mind on the fraud angels. Mm-hmm. So and look, I just because I don't think people believe me. If you're watching this on YouTube, just just come come tell me what you're looking at right here. If you're not watching on YouTube, get your butt on there. Go subscribe, get a chance to win a jersey. 500 subscribers will be giving out a jersey of your choosing. So get on there. Tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your grandma to get on there and subscribe. Go. Where is this screenshot? There it is. I screened so I wouldn't lose it. What is that? What does that say? Don't change your mind on fraud. Angels, idiot. 3-30-2022. So this has been since March. And I'm just I'm 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 relishing in the fact that it's finally coming to fruition. So to say that oh, what's with all the angels hate? This has been ongoing, yeah. Because I think they're frauds, and I've tried I, I've tried to tell people that, and they wanted to they wanted to come at me when the angels were a a, a top baseball. They were saying, oh, the angels are again. Are we looking at an all L.A. World Series here? Uh it's not looking all that great right now. Just going to go ahead and say. And I know that we just got done talking at length about how we have overreactions around the league. It's it's too early to to put the, the nail in the coffin. But I'm just yeah. saying I think the Angels are a little different. I just don't think the Angels are a good baseball team. Well, I mean, here's the truth is uh, I, I think everyone can realistically look at the AOS and say – it is the Astros' division to lose. They're a better baseball team. Um, they're experienced. 
Um, if we fast forward to August, September, they know how to come down the stretch and succeed, right? Um, so let's just turn our head to the wild card. Um, when you talk about teams that the Angels are legitimately competing against, if they're not in contention for the division, we have to include the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Red Sox, the White Sox. I think outside of that, most other most other teams are probably a. Uh, I wouldn't say are necessarily going to contend. If we're talking about current standings, Blue Jays having a four and a half game lead for the first spot. Um, Rays are right behind them for the second spot. Red Sox currently hold the third spot at twenty seven and twenty seven. And the Angels are a half game back with the White Sox being a full game back of that third spot. So if we're going back to what we're really talking about here, are the Angels better than the Blue Jays? No. Are the Angels better than the Rays? No. Are the Angels better than the Red Sox and the White Sox? That's the only conversation I think that's up for grabs. And that is where we have to see. That's where we have to see. If you form your opinion, I get it. I understand. Um... I do think the White Sox um, only being a game back for that third spot with all of these injuries that they're dealing with. I think that tells you something. That's probably a sleeping giant there as well. And as far as this skid goes, on a positive note for Angels fans, you can look at this and say, yeah, we've lost 11 straight, but we're still... Only a half game back for that third spot in the wild card. So it's a combination of understanding the season is long, but also being able to look in the mirror and, and looking internally and saying, you know, which Angels team is real? The one before this 11 game skid or the one that's dealing with this skid right now? But they look uninspired. They look flat. They look boring to watch. just for me and with that what Mike Trout is going through I don't know dude I watched a couple plays when they were playing the Yankees last week a couple plays with Mike Trout in center field and you're like what's up with Mike Trout I'm watching Marwin Gonzalez single up the middle and because Mike Trout just coming up slow and lazy and Marwin turning that into a double all because Mike Trout wasn't looking up. That's not typical Mike Trout stuff. There's certain teams that go when your when your guy goes. That's the Angels. You 100% need Mike Trout and Shohei Otani to go. It's not happening. And Shohei looks rough on the bump. Last two or three starts have been terrible. Yeah, as a, I mean, June 4th, I don't know. I didn't check to see what he did the rest of the weekend, but June 4th, he was 0 for his previous 22. which He's was currently long- 0, in, 0 for 26. Is he? Oh, okay, so he's over 26, yep. which yep. is the longest hitless streak of his career. Yep. And it's and it's chase rate is way up, and and that's the other thing. That's what I'm saying is that, which not even to the greatest player in the world, or for some to argue the greatest player of all time, 
If you don't think this game is difficult to deal with mentally, you're crazy. Because you're watching this performance or lack thereof at the plate affect what he's doing in the field now. And that doesn't happen to guys like Mike Trout. And you're watching it. And not not only that, he has to deal with the fact that he is the worst commissioner in fantasy sports. It's a it's that's a combination what, of a lot of tough. Isn't that going that's right what now. started this whole streak, right? I think I he think I was, think he's he was, been oh, he's maybe halfway through this streak when it happened. I think that's just not good, man. It's not good. His previous long hitless streak was zero for twenty one, back in twenty eighteen in May. He's going to be okay. He's going to be fine. The Angels, however, different conversation. Different conversation. Did I already mention this? The Angels, three weeks ago, were 24-13 and 13 and now have a losing record. Baseball, man. Baseball is different. And again, not to bring up a point that I've already, I've already shared here, but just to put things in perspective, everyone was so high on the Angels yet we sit here on Monday, June 6th. Yeah. And they have a worse record than the Boston Red Sox, the team that everyone was was riding yeah. for their performance to start the season. And here we are with the Red Sox at 500 ball. I'm just saying, I think your point is valid. I think it's, it's going to be an interesting mix down the stretch uh, to see where they fall in, into, into line in terms of this, this wild card also, race with the Red Sox. And yeah. I mean, if the White Sox, for some reason, don't decide not to turn it around and they're if in the, the White Sox for some reason. If the White Sox don't get it going within the next month, I think Tony LaRusso is out. I know many White Sox fans that are are hoping and praying for that day. Yeah, I think he's out. I think it's coming. Questionable decisions. I'm watching a lot of questionable decisions being made, specifically with the bullpen. Multiple instances this year where he has not managed the bullpen very well in very high-leverage scenarios, making very questionable decisions. So, And look, if you're making questionable decisions on a, on a nightly basis, okay, I understand. Reason for maybe being let go. But if you if you're just gonna fall on the age thing, I'm not buying it. We've already addressed this. Yeah. It what's going on? What's going on in Queens right now? Do they have some young thirty something at the helm? No, they right. don't. So right. like the age thing, sure. Snicker in, in Atlanta, older. On yeah, the other it's side. like you can you can throw that into the mix as like a component to the conversation, but yeah. don't just fall back on. Well, we got to get this old bag out of there. It's like, well, no. Yeah. That's. It it goes much deeper than that. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, if you're making questionable decisions and you're not managing the team that you've been charged to to handle very well, then okay, then there's that's a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I I would assume he's probably lost his voice in that clubhouse, and there's a lot of weird, unhealthy stuff going around strange injuries and, and things like that that are recurring for a lot of these players and it's not easy it's not easy to deal with but there's still a team that I think is better than the Angels and and the difference is I think you got a GM in Chicago that has been shown 
a willingness to make moves. And then you got a GM and an ownership with the Angels that I don't think I'd say the same thing about. I think they, they put themselves in a position at the beginning of each year and say, this is what we're riding out the whole year. That would make me a little nervous. We'll see. We will see. Well, that's about all I had for our main topics topics of discussion today, my friend. Uh, I got some notes here for closing the book. I actually just mentioned this man's name, Buck Showalter. Did you see the other day uh, where he, I don't know if it was a challenge, like if, if he challenged it, but did you see where the Mets um, called out? Who were they even playing? Do you remember with the position player pitching thing? With the with that rule, no I need to. If you would have thought, I would have come better prepared for this. <laughs> but apparently, Buck Showalter is just a, a guru when it comes to knowing the rule book, and made note of the fact that a position player was pitching, or being brought on to pitch, mm-hmm. and the 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 run uh, gap was not greater than six runs. Did you know that was a rule? No. That is a rule? So the rule is teams can only pitch position players in extra innings or if their team is winning or losing by more than six runs. I had no idea that was a rule. Is this a fairly new rule? Apparently the rule was suspended during the 2020 pandemic season but was recently reinstituted. And Buck Schulter was aware of that. Mm. So what did, what happened? He just couldn't make that change? He had to change his mind? or Oh, right. It was the, Do- yeah, the Dodgers. That's right. It was the series against the Dodgers. So the Dodgers were trailing 9-4, to four, and they were going to use infielder Zach McKinstry to pitch in the ninth. Mm-hmm. But you have that rule that you have to be aware of, apparently. And Buck Showalter, I guess, was one of the only guys in the room that that was aware of that. Really? So So the umpires didn't even know, and it was about to happen until Bucky came over and said, nah, this can't work. Seems like it. And then they had to the umpire had to come come out on the field, flip on his little mic, and make the call. And I think people were, like, looking around going, what is is that? uh, What is that all about? I like it. I like it. Hey. You can't slide one past my man, Buck. That guy's tapped in. That guy's tapped in for sure. I'm a little I'm a little confused at the decision to pitch a position play. You're only down six. We've seen comebacks yeah. much more. I don't know. Who did, who'd you say they were playing? Than that? What's that? Who, who, who were they playing? It was the Dodgers and the Mets. Oh, uh, well. Mm, yeah, it's clear Davey Roberts kind of operates on his own on his own uh style anyway. Um another note I had here before we get out of here, do you see the Pensacola Blue Wahoos and how they won their game this weekend? Was that that triple play? No. Did that? Was that do you see that crazy <laughs> minor league triple play? No. Ugh. What happened? All right, you go first. I'll tell you mine. 
So the Pensacola Blue Wahoos won their game by scoring three runs in the ninth. You know how they won? You know how they won that game, Nate? Ah, I did see this. Four consecutive hit by An pitch. An error, a walk, and four consecutive hit by pitches. Tough. And that I'll be honest with you, tough. I didn't even I didn't think the the response was all that impressive. I'm thinking if I win the game off four consecutive hit by pitches, I'm just I'm going nuts. But they were just like, you know, like, yeah, we, we won the game. I was like, oh, okay, well, clearly they're not as excited about this as I was, but it's fine. Hmm. Hmm. So mine was... Oh, I think I So this was a high... It was a high Great Lakes game. Yeah, the Loons. All right, so yeah. it's a ball hit the center. Guy throws in a second, gets the guy rounding second, tags him, throws home, the guy rounding third, tags him at home, throws it to second <laughs> to get this guy in a pickle. The third baseman's running him back to second, and they tag him out in between second and third. I mean, probably the worst base running I've ever seen. What are we doing? I mean... Props to like trying to make something happen here on the base pass, but That's sometimes such, less is more. Such a bad decision, base running wise. To be fair, the team uh, that did that were they, they were on the bases. Um, they were up nine one or seven one or something. Seven like one, that. yeah, yeah. So it didn't didn't hurt things too much, but yikes! Uh, I definitely didn't see that. That's crazy. Bad baseball. Bad baseball for sure. Hmm. That went down as an eight six two four five. Painful. Triple play. That's crazy. Painful. Um That's about all I got. How'd you, you do this else? weekend? How'd you hit yesterday? I was hoping you wouldn't ask because I know I promised oh, a, no. a tank. Um one for two with two walks in the first game. And then one for three and possibly a walk. I can't remember in the second game. What were those knocks? Two Ks in the second game. Uh, just just a couple singles. Nothing nothing great. Mm. I felt good about field? it, too. Did we, did we play a little three bag? Did we. Uh... I had one play in the field all day. Ugh. And it was like a 80-foot hopper or like an 80-foot chopper. Yeah. Landed right in front of me and picked it up, threw it over to first. Barely got it over there in time, but that was about it. That sounds uh, pretty boring. Was not an eventful day for yeah. Well, Big Daddy Mac. It happens. It happens. Good you got stuff. anything else for the Chasers? Um, Look, I mean... Just pay attention to this Yankees pitching staff. That's all I'm going to say. Just look it up. Just look it up. This pitching staff is going off right now. Off. Like, historically great. So, yeah. I thought you were going to say, keep an eye out for uh, the 3 fake number five on Thursday. That puppy's coming on, coming in hot. I'm feeling good about, about that one. Pyramids. 
on Thursday. A lot talk going about, on there. A lot talk, going on. Talk you about don't the know cons- about it. Talk about the conspiracies behind the pyramids on Thursday. So tune into that. That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, Nate, did you say SeatGeek is answered to all your ticket so needs? Are you looking lazy. for tickets? Do you have plans of friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert or even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concert shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user. SeatGeek, next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code THE, the number three, the number zero, take pod. That is our social handle at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. So all you got to do to save some of that. Cold hard cash. Enter promo code the, the number three, the number zero, take pod. That's our social handle at checkout. Seat Geek. People are using it. I'm seeing it. I'm in there, I'm in there on the back end. I'm 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 in the dashboard. I'm I'm seeing <laughs> seeing the uses. People are going to those it's concerts. Working. They're going to those games. And they're yeah. going to those theater performances. Yeah. I wish we could see like where the tickets were being purchased. Yeah, I would love a, a more advanced breakdown of how many like yeah, if you to... do, if you do use the promo code, please just tag us in a picture wherever you are. It doesn't even have to be a baseball thing. Wherever you go, just, just give us a little, go to a, us a little shout out. Go to like a an orchestra or choral performance and just tag Nate and just rub it in his face because he he doesn't think that people do those kinds of things. I know there's I know some. No, there ain't no chasers out there doing. There's that. some people have multiple interests. Nate, it's a normal uh, thing. All right. I know there's a few of you in the league that probably like the, uh, you know, like a ballet or something. I could see that. I could see that. Wow. Our fantasy league just taking uncalled ricochets. <laughs> That's about all I got. We'll see you Thursday. 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 It's a good day. It's a good day. Let's crush it this week, folks. Let's get after it. Don't go chasing curveballs. We love y'all, and as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.